Hello everyone, another episode for the Purple and Oro, a podcast for Laker fans. Uh, you could also follow me on Twitter at Lakers Nacion. So uh, this is our first podcast since our initial podcast that was aired prior to NBA Free Agency. Um, and, you know, a lot has happened since then, in, you know, in particular to the Lakers roster, the Laker organization, and as well as to the NBA landscape uh, across the league. So I just want to, you know, dive into to some of those topics and uh, that being, you know, how our current, you know, roster is constructed, um, discussing some of the players that we decided to hold back from last season and, you know, run with that, those players uh, once again, um, and in addition to, to the players that are now officially on our roster um, and looking at how the, some of the big moves that occurred across the, the NBA, more so doing within the Western Conference so just, you know, digging into this Laker roster that, you know, we, we, we currently have. Um, I think, you know, as, as we all expected, you know, Lakers rightfully so, uh, you know, went with, you know, plan A, which was, you know, targeting Kawhi and looking at uh, Palenka and everything that the Lakers organization did in regards to that. I think they, they handled that, you know, perfectly fine. Uh, you know, rumors out there that the, uh, uh, Magic Johnson uh, publication of, you know, how he felt his meeting went with Kawhi uh, might have impacted the Lakers' chances. But, I mean, Kawhi has now gone on in the air to to shoot that down. How much does that really matter or weigh at this time? I, I don't think it's, it's very much of a, of, 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 of a big problem to why Kawhi did not, you know, become a Laker. But, you know, before we even, you know, worry about that there... Um, I think ultimately the Lakers did the right thing by, you know, putting all their chips on the table and going after, you know, the, the best free agent that, that was available. And knowing that if you add that caliber type player to the roster that was already, you know, within the Lakers, may have been a short number of players on that roster. It was, you know, players that, you know, are in the elite of the elite, that being LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then you had a really good core pair core player such as Kuzma uh, alongside uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, didn't really matter who that, you know, third, I mean, fourth and fifth player you put in there. I mean, that was going to be a very, very uh, tough team to, to beat in the playoffs, especially in a, you know, seven-game series. But, you know, as all was said and done, you know, Kawhi ended up in LA, but ended up on the other LA roster. Um, at this time, you know, I think the Lakers upon that initial move that really, you know, started to, you know, once that move happened, you know, is when the Lakers, you know, started to really then make their moves in regards to how this roster was going to be co uh, constructed. Um, I would say for what was done, it allows me to, to, to realize that Palenka um, was, you know, had a backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. Um, and at the end of the day, that plan was a very, very good plan to, to have. I really feel that ultimately we really did not lose out uh, on many other players because, um, you know, J.J. Reddick's a name that's thrown out there as a potential target for the Lakers um, and, and many other names that they could have target. But um, as those players went early and went fast, um, a lot of no, no, they, they got played. They got paid a hefty amount of money that would have really taken you know, a, a piece of that 
cap space from us and would have also hindered us to to maybe lose out on some other potential players that we actually were able to add to our roster. Um, I think, you know, uh, in lining them all up and, and putting a player like J.J. Uh, Redick out there, you know, I, I and, and you line them up with the Danny Green, for the price that you get Danny Green and for what Danny Green does for you on the defensive end, um, I think, you know, that was great for us to be able to to go and grab him. Um, where we grabbed, where we where we were able to get Danny Green, um, and that really started, you know, everything. You know, the the domino started to fall after that. So um, I think once you got Danny Green, um, you know, I think the next big name, as I feel that you know that we added was Demarcus Cousins. That is awesome for me, for, for as a Laker fan, when you see what you are able to pair him with. Not not in regards to the the pairing with Anthony Davis, but a another big that could really you know share those minutes with him and does something very different to him that being JaVel McGee you know having the opportunity to to you know re-sign JaVel McGee I think he was one of the better uh, role players uh, last season Um, really showed improvement from you know Golden State regarding health uh, you know regarding productivity on the court Um, it looks like it's a player that as the years are coming along He's really, uh, you know, grasping the things that he is really good at, and excelling on those, and you know, still somewhat improving on on, on many other areas. But you know, you have a guy like a Demarcus Cousins who is gonna, you know, is now a full year um, removed from his injury. It's the first summer that he has able to prepare himself as, you know, basketball wise, not just for health reasons. You know, it's his first summer that he gets to put that work back in. Um, on, on that um, and what he gives you on the offensive side is dynamic um, even with the injury last year he was putting up really good numbers uh, with the Golden State Warriors and uh, you could say hey well that was with Kevin Durant uh, Curry Clay uh, well he's now going to be with Anthony Davis and LeBron James so I you know expect that productivity to be just as well or even better you know within this roster so, you know, you have a, a five there, you know, you, you have a five there that could give you that offense. Um, still able to hold this ground on the defensive side down on the block. Um, could potentially be, you know, uh, of a concern out in the perimeter on any type of a switch. Um, but, you know, if you want to go defensive, uh, you have JaVel McGee for that. Uh, you know, you have enough offensive power with the LeBron James on the court and a Anthony Davis and a Kyle Kuzma, and you want to add spot-up shooting from Danny Green. Uh, JaVale McGee slips in really well to be able to, you know, um, anchor that defense and be able to play out there on any type of switch that, that he may get uh, if, if it that occurs. So that center position, I think it's well, you know, taken care of. If you want to add Anthony Davis to that, you know, Five. I know he talked about not not enjoying or preferring to play the five, but you know as the game moves along and you know becomes small ball, um, that five on the other team might also have a have a smaller five that he could feel comfortable with you know playing uh, against down there. And um, I don't think from his words what it means is that he's not going to play the five. It's just not his preferred position. But like I say, once the, the game goes on and you're, you're in that crunch time and you know, if Lakers go small, potentially the other team will go small. Um, you know, for example, if he's going to, you know, be uh, paired up on a small ball against the Warriors, that might be uh, uh, 
uh, green down there. So it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, a big that's going to be really pounding him down there. It's going to be a, a much smaller guy with footwork that he should be able to 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 keep up with and, and be able to do his damage uh, against. And, you know, with that being said, you know, looking at the at the power forward position and the well, just the forwards in general, you know, um, in this position is basketball, you know, um, retaining Kyle Kuzma, not putting him on a on a, any trade package and not be having him sent out, you know, it's great for us. You know, we know the offensive uh, power that he could give us. Um, we know where he has to work on that defensive side. I, I believe, you know, he is aware of that uh, as well. Um, you know, uh, Troy Daniels is a really good shooter, you know, on those 40% um, uh, rate uh, of three-point shots, especially those uh, off no dribble, one dribble, uh, three-point shots. And um, I think a, a really good signing, um, and it doesn't have to do with what he's going to produce on the court, that being Jared Dudley. Um, it's going to be more so what he's going to do for the development and support of Kyle Kuzma, you know, who they play the very the, the, the same position, um, share the same agent. So, um, you know, he has somebody there that he could uh, help develop and, and grow uh, that, that, that type of player, who Jared Dudley is a player that, you know, has added his prime, I would say, you know, similar type body as Kyle and, you know, able to play down low and able to stretch the, the court out. And second to the development of Kyle Kuzma will be the you know, the, the positive presence that he will bring within the locker room. Um, if you look at that, um, um, the Nets roster, you know, um, that team there, the, the Brooklyn Nets, um, appear to have a lot of young guys, but something that really held them together and, you know, helped them through that playoff push not it was only the play of, of players like a D'Angelo Russell and so forth, but it's the work of Jared Dudley within that locker room and helping those mindsets, you know, keeping these young guys uh, with the mindset of, you know, that 82-game season and preparing them for, for a playoff run push. So that's great. Um, uh, Antetokounmpo, uh, that's going to be a project. Um, I think with the with the coaching staff such as, I mean, you can link them to Jason Kidd and his development to the Greek freak in Milwaukee. Um, but I think Antetokounmpo is much more of a uh, of our of our play towards the Greek freak when he becomes a free agency in 2021. So, um, but you never know; it could be a player that you know with with the coaches that we have, uh, we could probably develop him into some type of a rotational player. But um, overall, you know, good. I mean, you don't lose much. You don't really truly lose a, a position there. Um, and you know, KCP. Um, I welcome him back. I, I know he's more of a guard, but he's that type of player that could, you know, somewhat play the one through the three. So you know, we'll, we'll transition ourselves out to just looking at our at our at our guards. And if I want to start with him, you know, um, I see the potential there. I mean, he he is still uh, a young player, um, but it's I'm gonna keep it real with about KCP. It's about that time. You know, he he needs to come out and he needs to prove himself as a stable player. Um, show some of those signs that, that, that he had shown in his early years. Um, I think now he's had one year to play with LeBron. Um, we've heard in the past that it's not easy to play with LeBron for all players. And if it wasn't easy for KCP and understanding his positions and what shots he's going to get, he has now had that one year to understand what errors on the court are the errors that he should be prioritizing his development um, in. And, you know, that should be of a great help to him. 
he's a player that could definitely, you know, utilize him as a defensive player towards a, you know, a promising uh, star on the other end. So you could use that talent there. Um, Danny Green, I think, you know, was the old one of the like the highlight of uh, of our signings, not including the trade from Anthony Davis, but free agency signings, just because of what he gives you. I mean, if you see all his analytics and you know compare him to shooting guards across the league, I mean, he's up there regarding you know his efficiency and his rankings on um, on the defensive side and overall side of a shooting guard. You know, his stats per game are not gonna wow you. But they're going to he, – he's just so efficient and so great in the things that he does that he's going to do what ultimately LeBron and a player like Anthony Davis need and on the offensive side, which is space the floor. And second, you know, be able to have a guy that could fight through screens, could take on the best perimeter player on the wing or, you know, that perimeter um, weapon outside and take on that there. Um, and now not only do you have to, you know – do you have only a Danny Green, but you have a player like Avery Bradley who, you know, has shown great signs and potential of what he does on the defensive side. And, you know, per his interviews, you know, he appears to know his role, you know, know his role and within this type of um, roster. And, you know, a coach like Frank Vogel, when you have a player like LeBron James, your philosophy might change a bit, you know, but at the end of the day, Frank Vogel's, uh, you know, lies on that defensive side and I think Avery Bradley could definitely grow on that there um you know Rajon Rondo is a player that I you know helped bring in a DeMarcus Cousins has good report with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins um, however I, I know analytics don't show that so that that's the one player above everybody that I feel you know uh, just statistic wise and just seeing him play it's I, I hope it, it fits well within the roster but you know I, I understand his leadership um, the thing about it is I feel like our roster has a lot of leaders. Um, you know, what Danny Green, championship champion type player, championship type player. Um, you know, Anthony Davis is young, and that's what he, you know, that's what he needs, a tight guy like Danny Green. Avery Bradley, hard, you know, working person, Jared Deli. So we have a lot of those. So I, I understood the reason for Rondo's um, role as a leader in last year's roster. But in this year's roster, you know, it has to be much more than just that. So I do expect that his 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 play on the court expands, you know. Um, and that that being said, you know I think Quinn Cook was another great signing, um, and you know he's really gonna make a run at that uh, point guard position. And I think he has shown signs of you know potential you know start start starting type role, um, especially when you have a guy like LeBron James who could really handle the ball. Um, I know a lot of talk has been made about LeBron starting at the at the point guard. I think that really does not matter as much as you know how it's going to look at the end of the fourth quarter. You know how we're going to close games, not start games. So I could see the traditional format of a Rondo at the one or a Quinn Cook at the one. It's just when you know, when the game comes to an end, we, we you might see a LeBron James at the one, a Danny Green at the two, a Kuzma at the three, uh, Anthony Davis at the four. Or Demarcus Cousins at the five, or Javale McGee at the five, or you want to go small, you know LeBron at the one, Green at the two, um, you know add an Avery Bradley at the three, or a KCP at the three, you know, and you know 
maybe a Dudley at the four and Anthony Davis at the five. Depending, I think that it's gonna really just depend on you know how that how that thing is flowing and and going. But um, I think regarding the whole LeBron James and point guard situation, I think that will come towards the end of the game, not at the beginning of the games. Um, although once that ball gets tipped, it doesn't matter if Rondo's at the one, Cook's at the one, or Caruso's at the one. At the end of the day, even within that first quarter, that ball's not always going to find LeBron James, who's going to you know, be the ultimate floor general there. So um, I, I think overall the roster you know, looks great. For the for the Lakers, there's so many you know so so many bright spots and in particular to what LeBron James and a player like Anthony Davis need. Um, it's about shooters. It's about guys that could defend out in the perimeter, um, and they got those. Um, every team you know has weaknesses in different areas. Specifically, when you break them down to players. DeMarcus Cousins' weakness might be on that, you know, guarding the smaller guards out when he gets on a switch. Um, Kyle Kuzma, as of right now, you know, we're expecting that defense to improve, but that could be an area of concern. You know, Danny Green is not somebody that's going to just, you know, take over the game regarding, you know, uh, controlling the ball and, you know, beating you off the dribble and so forth. Uh, Rondo, you know, might not be an elite shooter. Uh, Avery Bradley is coming back from an injury. He's also had... Uh, ex, you know, extended time on that injury has lost, you know, reported 40 pounds. So much more in bas, much better in bas, but looks like he's much more in a basketball shape and, you know, physically better to produce that. Uh, KCP has, you know, at times been, you know, inconsistent. Uh, Jared Dudley's older in age. Uh, JaVel McGee's not quite the offensive weapon for you. Uh, Cook has not been a starter in the past. Uh, you know, a consistent starter. So you could, you know, nick and pick different things, but ultimately um, when you put all this thing together, it's a great roster, you know, and I think they complement each other great. Um, you could just look at the names and put them in various different uh, formats and in various different uh, positions and, you know, come up with different uh, fives, and it's going to feel like that five could definitely, you know, go out there and play with with any other five. Um, and one of the big concerns out there uh, that's regarding the Lakers is, you know, how are they going to mesh? You know, how is this team going to come together um, with so much change uh, having occurred um, in their roster? Um, so that's great. That, that could be definitely a valid um, concern. But also, just in general, this free agency was ridiculous. Um, it had the most changes than I believe the last four years combined. And that is just letting you know that not only is the Laker roster, you know, uh, a fairly new roster, many rosters across the league are in that way. So fine, you know, say that the Laker roster is, is needs to match, but that's going to go for all the rosters, including uh, a roster such as the Clippers. And yes, you put a player like, um, Kawhi and Paul George together, and you add that to a team that did fairly well, you know, getting to the playoffs without a true star. Um, when I look at that there, and I think, well, you know, if you just look at it from you know, a name perspective and what superstars bring to you, it looks great, but it, it, it could also, and which reminds me a little bit of the Celtics of two years ago in which... You know, they go into this playoff run and they do damage without a player such as Kyrie. 
and you know they go and they push LeBron, I believe, to a game uh, to a limit to to a game seven and just fall a little bit short. And you know, going into that off season, everybody thinks that that Celtic team, just with the addition of Kyrie Irving, it's gonna be wonders, and you know they're gonna be championship bound. You bring back a player like Kyrie Irving and all those players that did that work, got to that place, that consistency, that teamwork, that camaraderie, it just wasn't there. Um, these are, you know, these players that the Clippers have, they worked hard to get where they are. Now they are going to have less touches. And, you know, you have players that are going to get less touches. Um, and let's see how that goes for them. Um, you have a player like uh, Lou Williams, who I feel has always done really well when he's on those rosters in which he is the best player even when he was in those uh, Laker rosters um, we had a Julius Rando and you, you had other young players but uh, the player that could play the best towards the end of the game was uh, Lou Williams so you know he's doing really well putting up great numbers you know off his off the role that he has within the roster and then he gets traded to Houston who now has a star in um, in Harden um, and when he gets there, you know, he's that person that's going to help on that playoff run and never really became any any threat in, in the playoffs, never really, you know, pushed that team over the hump. So now here he is with the Clippers, and he's that player in the fourth quarter who's going to get cooking, who's going to make all these, you know, plays and make those buckets. Now the ball's not going to be in your hand, you know, so how is that going to uh, go like how are you maximizing that uh, potential there um, is a lot of questions that teams like that are going to have to come up with across the league um, Westbrook in Houston that's a sign of desperation there for Houston um, analytics themselves says that that's not going to work but basketball is not just about analytics you got two guys that you know have a little bit of history with each other uh, know how to play with one another but at the end of the day is that what's going to you know send them over the top. That's a big change that they're going to have to adjust to. I think it's um, player one and player two of the most usage within uh, the NBA last year. So now you got to find a way to make that work. That is not going to be easy. That's just as much of a challenge for you to make that work as having these Laker players work together. The Clipper situation in which, hey, it's great. You guys got into the playoffs. You guys beat the defending world champions a game or two in the playoffs. But now take a back seat, me, myself, I mean, myself as a Kawhi and myself as a PG are now going to take over and you guys, you know, roll along with this. That's going to be a, a, a while to, to get adjusted to and, and, and feel well, um, you know, moving forward. Um, so, you know, got that there. Uh, Portland somewhat got, got stronger. Um, Utah Jazz got, you know, got stronger, but, you know, they, they filled in positions that fit their roles and, you know, do what they have to do. At the end of the day, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell has not taken that step to, you know, elite status. Can it be this year for him? If not, you know, when you get to those, you know, playoff games, like, can you beat these uh, Laker types, Clipper types, and, you know, Houston type teams um, in a game of, uh, in a seven game series, you know, they, they had OKC's number and they found a way to get it against them, but, you know, can you do it against some of these other uh, teams that are going to be, you know, have two great players, two elite players and, and good supporting staff. So, you know, across the NBA, I just think that it's going to, you know, it's going to take a, take a while. So it's not just going to be a, a Laker problem. It's going to be an NBA problem. And if you, 
you know, look at the roster from you know from, from the Raptors from last year that that won that that championship, um, the championship. What where the production was mostly coming from that being a Kawhi Leonard, that being from what he does on the defensive end of a of a Danny Green, um, came from players that were new to that to that team. And in the middle of the season, you add a Mark Gasol, who is also new to the team. And, you know, you, you find, they found a way to make it work. So it's very doable. It's very doable. And I think for the Lakers, it's much more doable this year than it was last year because you have signed productive players but are veteran players that understand the game, you know, that, that, that could uh, get this thing going and, and know the process um, hey, I'm, I am, and I think I'm still going to continue to be a fan of our young guys that are now, you know, like our summer team, our summer league team out in uh, New Orleans, which, you know, with the Alonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, but they, they, it just never seemed to, to click for them regarding, you know, um, where the mentality of a LeBron James is in regards to, hey, we're here to win titles and, uh, uh, young player like Alonzo, who I believe wants to win titles, but at the same time, you're also working on your development. Um, so I think now, you know, we have a roster that could, you know, get that get that going for us. Um, and the coaching staff really got amped up. You know, you, you added players that not only are great on specific sides of the ball, such as the offense, defense, but you got players and coaches that, you know, um, are great for development. Um, whatever might come with Jason Kidd in a year or two from now, I think as a Laker fan, it's something that you should you know worry about then. Right now, understand that this is a player that could truly help with the development of a Kyle Kuzma. You know, if I want to target one player, is that player there? You know, can you help him develop on the defensive side? Because uh, you know, uh, Jason Kidd, you know, was a really good defensive player. So can you help Kuzma on that defensive end? Um, um, you have players like Cook. And Caruso, that a point guard like Jason Kidd will be great to be able to mentor. And, you know, as the game goes on, be able to talk to these players uh, while they're at the bench and, and support whatever role he can. Um, Hollins is a you know great defensive-minded coach, uh, respected coach in the league. Um, you know, adding, uh, you know, coaches in regards to development as well from, you know, the Toronto Raptors staff you know, supporting our, our, our players are going to be, it's, it's going to be great in that, in, in that sense regarding the, the, the player development as well as the X's and O's that these coaches bring regarding a specific side of the ball. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you have two of the top five players in the league. Um, I think if Anthony Davis would have been allowed to play uh, all last season and uh, you know, allowed to compete as he would want to compete, uh, you'll be discussing Anthony Davis as a top three player in the league. Um, and that's what we got right now. I truly believe we got a top three player in the league with KD out of the league for this season. I think that bumps Anthony Davis to a top two player in the league. And you still have a LeBron James that, you know, is putting up stats and numbers as a top five player in the league. Um, and when looking at this, you know, I, I truly look at it through the playoff format that, you know, when you get them into the playoffs, these are players that are going to be, you know, great to 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 have and difficult to defend. Uh, Anthony Davis put some ridiculous numbers when he went up against those Portland Trailblazers teams, and you know some numbers, some stat lines that you know honestly he's a big NBA 2K fan, but it seemed like stats that you would get from a 2K game. 
but he did not have the supporting cast to be able to overcome those type of games uh, against like the, the Golden State Warriors and you know you know teams like that. But now you do. Um, now you have two guys that you know in a game of in a uh, seven game series, very difficult. I find any team to beat them in a game in the game in a seven game series to try to beat them four times. Health has always been a, a topic when what could derail this team. But that could be said about all other 32 teams in the league. It just takes one player from that roster to go down. And the chances of that, that team you know, winning a championship uh, slim to none. If you want to say that about the Lakers, fine. But that will go across the, across the league. So, you know, with that there, um, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you very much for, you know, checking out my podcast. You know, if you want to follow me on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at LakersNacion. Uh, Laker Nation, Laker Nacion, I'm out.